All right, everybody. Welcome to Cocktails and Scenes. We got a special episode for y'all today with uh, the trios here today. So we've got a Will Amaton. What's up, y'all? We got Dashaun Murray. Hey, guys. And me, of course, which is why everyone's here. So uh, today we are talking um, something that I'm super excited about. And I know Will and Sean are too. We're going to be talking movie scores, not soundtracks, but scores by uh, composers, uh, famous movie composers. So really excited to talk about this one and can't wait to get y'all's feedback on this. Um, but of course, as always, we're drinking. So let's start naming our cocktails and we're gonna start with sean what are you drinking today, my friend? <laughs> all right so a little backstory on this one um you know ridley scott said that you know music is the last piece of dialogue inserted into a film mm-hmm. and he's also been accused of sometimes using music to manipulate right the audience mm-hmm. and uh he says yeah that's that's the point right and uh og quincy jones has said that music scores are emotion lotion so this is the emotion lotion (laughs) my drink is (laughs) and uh you'll have about five or six of these and you'll be feeling a lot of a lot of emotions i love you guys (laughs) (laughs) you know it so it's 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 tequila uh it's ice it is coconut berry red bull a little grenadine and a cherry on top with some lemon juice, and it's fantastic. I love it. Coconut yeah. berry Red Bull. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's blue. And uh, that picture I sent you guys earlier, you can see it. It looks kind of amazing. And I served it in my ET glass, and I'm feeling right at home talking about movie scores. Perfect. ET ET won an Oscar for score, I believe. So I think so, go. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it works. It works yeah. well. How's the uh, emotion lotion coming on you? Are you feeling lotioned? Yeah, <laughs> I'm lubed up. All right, you know? cool. Are your emotions <laughs> nice and slick right now? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, ready to slide out? Um, Will, what are you drinking, my friend? All right, so I had to kind of stretch on this one. Uh, <laughs> but I found something that I actually thought was pretty cool. So I looked up like composers that I like. Uh, yeah. And one that I like is uh, Johnny Greenwood. Mm-hmm. who is the guitar player from Radiohead, uh, does a lot yep. of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Uh, I will talk about him at some point a little further, but so he's the guitarist of Radiohead. And so I kind of looked up some Radiohead related cocktails mm-hmm. and a lot of people uh, call a Negroni a Radiohead sometimes because of how polarizing mm-hmm. it is. You either love it or you hate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. me personally, I'm not a Radiohead fan. Actually, uh, really like Johnny Greenwood uh, and the movies he does. I think they're very impressive. A couple songs here and there, but overall, don't get the Radiohead love. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on the negative side of the polarization of Negronis <laughs> and Radiohead. But I've actually never had a Negroni before, so I have no idea if I will like it or not. I've never had one. Uh, oh shit! Oh so, wow! All right. Down the hatch. Here we go. Bottoms up, dude. Let's this is the cocktails this. and scenes first right here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. I can see how it's polarizing. Wow. <laughs> uh, We're just, Will's just going to be drinking Miller Lite after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to slug this. I don't hate it. 
Okay. Uh, okay. It's I guess it's just not what I expect. It took me by surprise a little bit. Um, so for those of you who don't know, a classic Negroni uh, is gin, uh, Campari, sweet vermouth. I have a twist of an orange peel in here as well. Um, it is a French cocktail, uh, or sorry, a Italian cocktail uh, mm -hmm. invented in Florence by the Italian Count Camillo Negroni in the early early 20th century uh, oh. is where the Negroni was. Wow, from. you have the provenance and everything, huh? Yeah, yeah. look at that. Um, he was at a bar, I guess, and demanded that the, this is from liquor.com, uh, <laughs> and demanded that the bartender strengthen his favorite cocktail, the Americano, by replacing uh -huh. soda water with gin. Uh, yeah, so he wanted a stronger more liquor in our Americano. Liquor. Exactly. Yeah. More liquor in my liquor. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> ask me it's about not the convincing. Uh, <laughs> ask me at the end of the episode. I'll ask you later. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come back to that for you. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but much like Radiohead and, and Johnny Greenwood, a polarizing cocktail, the Negroni. All right. Um, I also went the route of favorite composer, uh, which I was uh, actually talking to Sean about this earlier. When I first drafted up this list, four out of the five were Hans Zimmer. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I can't just like have a Hans Zimmer on my, on my entire list. Uh, but Hans Zimmer is definitely by far my favorite composer. So I created this cocktail called the Hans Spritzer. <laughs> Wayne's got this look right now. He's just like waiting for us to laugh. <laughs> Come on, it's funny. <laughs> Get it? Because it's his name. Yes, because his name's <laughs> funny at the end. The last one. Uh, um, but it's uh it's based. He is he's German, if you couldn't tell from his first name, Hans. Um, or the last name? <laughs> Zimmer? Is that German? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. He's German. It says it on IMDb. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. um, this drink is based off the German apple spritzer or the Apfelschönfenstedelen, and it's uh, I it's normally just apple juice and Moscato, but I did something a little bit different. Um, I have some apple apple liqueur that I put inside here with uh some carbonated lemonade and simple syrup and mint leaves fresh mint oh, and shit. it is freaking really good oh, that sounds yeah. good mm -hmm. surprising i know i made something that was good no i just i mean <laughs> anything that's carbonated with mint like i'm in oh no. i know yeah yeah like mint. got a good kick to it good nice. kick to it um all right so we are going to be talking scores today as always, uh, hit us up on the Twitters, the Facebooks, or the Instagrams. Give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let us know how much you love us. And uh, let's get into it, guys. Movie scores. Um, we are going to do top five lists today, uh, and we are going to start with Mr. Sean, our guest today, mm. with number okay. five. So, a little preface: um, I'm probably going to like everything you guys pick. Um, 
And okay. I don't know what, what you guys have picked. This is not like a gimmick for your show, for the listeners at home. I don't know what you've picked. I already can say I'm going to love them. <laughs> um, so I just really wanted to like drill down to like, what do I like? Uh, mm. This is my top five list, not yours. So fuck you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay. You know, I gravitate towards really like ambient and like a percussive sound. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a little bit more than a melodic, just my personal taste. Um, so spoiler alert, I have no John Williams on here and I understand fully how bonkers that is. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. <I do>. Actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, but I'm fairly certain one of you guys will have some on here. So I'm sure your listeners at home will be like, oh, okay. They got a Williams yeah, square. Yeah. Um, guy, only, that Sean guy only had. I know, right? <laughs> uh, we only have five picks, so I just really wanted to get five like masterpieces that I could listen mm -hmm. to over and over and over again. You know, right. I like stuff that hits in waves. I like you know swells of you know pathos. I love. Mm -hmm. I want it to bash against me again and again. Um, and so that being said, uh, my number five pick is. Annihilation. Um, oh, this wow. is okay. one of my top 10 films all time. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is a, a fabulous score. Um, the guys who did this, Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury. Um, you know, Ben Salisbury is a composer and Jeff Barrow is from Portishead. Um, you may or may not know that. They scored Dread. You know that film with Carl Urban? I do. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Alex Garland one. produced that movie, and so he tapped these guys to score this movie. It was scrapped. So the theatrical release does not contain their score. Um, the first score that they worked together on was Ex Machina. Uh -huh. um, and so they did this. They've done Annihilation. They've done the show Devs on Hulu, which is they're all great sci-fi shows. Mm -hmm. um, and also, spoiler, they're all five of these picks for me or sci-fi <laughs> so oh, <God. laughs> um right. and so it is uh you know it's really hard to overstate how wild and otherworldly this score is um barrel and salisbury have you know this score is you you want to listen to it the more it transport transports <laughs> further away you can hear that emotion lotion is hitting me already um <laughs> This, it, you know, transports you further and further and further away from the reality that you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just like, have you guys seen this movie, by the way? Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. So, it, you know, there's this shimmer in the movie, and it's like this this portal to this, like, alien dimension almost. And uh, it just, like, you know, the what Alex Garland told you know, Barrow and Salisbury, when he wanted to create the score, is I needed to move from suburbia to psychedelic insanity. And that is exactly what the score does. It is, uh, it's otherworldly. It mm. is beautiful. It's frightening. Uh, the last two pieces in this movie um, are amazing. Uh, mm. It is probably some of the most unique score work I've ever heard. It you know, the, the score, it blurs this line between dialogue, uh, like sound effect, sound design, score. Um, if you want to trip, pull up the soundtrack and listen to The Alien. It's like 12 minutes long and it's fantastic. Uh, this is one of my top 10 movies of all time. This is one of my top five scores of all time. I mean, 
I can't say enough about this movie. It's amazing. The score is amazing. The score is beautiful. Yeah. That's all I got. This movie firmly fits in the genre of mindfuck movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the score had to really play on that. And yeah, uh, sure does. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, you, you kind of touch base on it a little bit, Sean, when we talk about music and emotions and how music, along with the visual element of a movie, mm-hmm. it just plays along with it. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. the reason that we get that emotional journey or the the wave of emotions as we watch the movie. It ties in together. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in a movie, but a score is really important, especially nowadays when you're looking for that that wave that starts from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And, you know, they, they said that, you know, you can't hit them with a theme at the beginning. Like there's not really any hummable melodies or anything mm-hmm. in this soundtrack or I'm so score. I'm sorry. Yep. And, uh, you know, it it just like you have to get from point A to point B. And mm-hmm. it's just like the whole score builds to this incredible the last 20 minutes of this movie. If you have not seen it, uh, go watch this movie right now. Sit down and dedicate like a couple hours afterwards to like figure out what the fuck you're doing with your life. Because this movie, <laughs> this movie will change you. <laughs> Definitely need to be into sci-fi to like this movie, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah if you're yeah, not yeah. in that, this is not for you. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's it's out there for sure. But if you need to reevaluate your life and you want a movie to like kickstart that, maybe do that. Yeah. Or, or just go watch Legally Blonde. <laughs> bend and go. snap <laughs> bend and snap bro uh, we just were talking about legally blonde on the last episode because like legally blonde 3 is coming out and oh, legally, yeah. and legally blonde was a yeah we did like 2022 movies coming out so we talked yeah, about yeah. legally blonde 3 for like two seconds but and legally blonde was an answer on final jeopardy this week which i got right <laughs> <laughs> that's will's like shining moment in jeopardy right now I get Final Jeopardy right sometimes. Oh, you do? It's always oh, I do. I never get it right. Yeah. Like ever. Yeah, I get it right sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was a good pick, Sean. Number five kicks us off here. Will, what's your number five? So I think we we did a couple things first. Sean, mm-hmm. uh, we should have mentioned he's our he's a musician. He did our he music is, for our podcast, knows a lot yes, about this subject. Yeah. Be very well versed in this, which is why we had it on. I, I don't know. Exact- Maybe I like this subject. I don't know if I know a lot about it. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I know. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool to me. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're not going to hear any of the buzzwords from me. buzzwords from me. You may have heard from Sean, but uh, I decided with my list. I limited it to one composer. I like one per composer. I couldn't. Didn't pick Hans Zimmer twice mm-hmm. or John Williams twice. So yep. um, I limited it to one movie per composer. Uh, my number five is who I already talked about, Johnny Greenwood. Um, mm-hmm. What I found interesting about this, uh, this whole kind of process here of picking these movies was that a lot of these composers are tied to a director, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, well, I'll kind of mention as I go along, but Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead is really with Paul Thomas Anderson. He's done almost exclusively Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Um, and my pick here is There Will Be Blood, which is his first film as a composer, uh, his debut, Johnny Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, he's gone on to do Paul Thomas Anderson movies, The Master, Inherent Vice, Phantom Thread, which he won the Oscar for, yep. uh, and Licorice Pizza. And then two movies this year that are not Paul Thomas Anderson 
directed, but he did them both, which both have a lot of Oscar buzz, is The Power of the Dog, which I love, mm-hmm. and uh, Spencer, the Princess Diana, Kristen Stewart movie. Haven't seen it yet, um, but uh, very good. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, I love as a director, and the scores are obviously big parts of the movie, particularly with uh, movies like this that just rely on that without a soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. Licorice Pizza is a big soundtrack movie as opposed to you know, there will be blood phantom thread where it's just, you know, right, it's getting right. a feel for the tone of the movie, which he does really well. Uh, mm. There will be blood is my pick at number five. Uh, Open spaces is the track on the score soundtrack that I would listen to, to get into mm-hmm. the movie. Very haunting uh, as it needs to be for a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but uh, there will be blood 2007. Johnny Greenwood is my number five pick. That is such it's, it's amazing because all of the movies that um, Johnny Greenwood has done for Paul Thomas Anderson all have different vibes for music. Like Phantom Thread came up in a lot of top 10 lists that I saw, and it is very different than There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Yeah. So it, just, it just plays into like the range, the scale that this that Johnny Greenwood has as a composer. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit when I talked about Literature's Pizza, maybe too. It's like like Paul Thomas Anderson can like do different genres, but all of his movies still somehow feel Paul mm. Thomas Anderson-y, right? Agree. Um, so you have like the love movies like Licorice Pizza and Punch Drunk Love, and then you have like Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood, maybe have kind of a similar feel. Sure. Uh yeah. and then the master, I mean, is just fucking brilliant. Uh so mm. he's he's all over the place, but uh, the one that just really stuck out to me was There Will Be Blood, which is probably my favorite movie of his, too. Um, and maybe yeah. a part to play in it, but uh, really love the uh score of There Will Be Blood. It's a good pick, man. It's a good pick. I'm kind of wondering where you're gonna go from here because that was such a good soundtrack, a good uh, score. <laughs> um, so uh, I started mine, my number five. Um, it's probably gonna be somewhere the the composer is probably going to be somewhere on sean's list i imagine um but uh my number five is girl with a dragon tattoo 2011 atticus ross and trent Reznor. um there is a uh you know atticus ross and trent Reznor. they won an oscar for composing social network Mm -hmm. um very good soundtrack very good score by them um fit well into the movie uh but girl with the dragon tattoo is my favorite of their of uh the movies that they've composed um a big standout scene for me is when bloomquist played by daniel craig finds out who anita who is the girl he's trying to who's the missing girl he's trying to find he's going through old photos that he found and um at the same time uh the main character played by Kate Mara is also looking through research. Um, and there's this juxtaposition juxtaposition between the two of them, like finding the research, but ending up the same point, the music builds from that point throughout this, this, this scenario, this scene that they're playing out and it builds and builds and builds and builds. And just like a nine inch nail song, you're uncomfortable. <laughs> at times but it sounds amazing 
And it really just builds and builds and builds this crescendo. And then right at the end, when they realize it, the music stops and it just gives you like this feeling of holy shit. Like this was a moment in time when these two people found out this like crazy part of the mystery and, and just the music plays so well into it. Um, it's not like you're not going to put this this score on and just be like hopping around the house like doing if I if I put this soundtrack on when I was vacuuming, I'd probably cry the entire time. I'd probably you know, <laughs> develop schizophrenia and just wait to think that something you guys out. don't cry while you vacuum. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I do yeah. not in years, not in years. <laughs> um, uh, such a great composer. I think that you know i would i can't wait to see more of what these two do um it's not for everybody but this is my top five because it's so it plays so well into the the theme and the composition that is the movie and makes you uncomfortable the whole time like literally the score of this movie drives you to feel uncomfortable in these scenes that you're probably supposed to feel uncomfortable for Thoughts on those? You know, guys? Wayne, I would also add that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross won an Oscar for Soul too. That latest, one of the later Disney movies. Yeah, shows the versatility there for sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe Disney tapped them to do. I know. Way too. When Soul I found have that you out? seen Soul? Have you guys seen yeah, Soul? It's good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really yeah, good movie. yeah, yeah. And I mean the the music is different from what you would think uh, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor would do for a movie, but still, there's still a little Trent Reznor in there. No, it sounds just like, well, they only did half of it because uh, the John Baptiste did the other yeah. half. All the, the like, jazzy type music. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Baptiste yeah. is awesome. I, I've seen him live, actually. He's fantastic. Yeah. I agree um, with that, uh, Wayne. That's great fucking pick, man. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a good pick. One correction, I think you said Kate Mara. It's Rooney Mara. Um, Rooney Mara. Sorry. Rooney Mara. Um, oh, shit. But like That's I said before, like I said before with Greenwood and Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch, they're really David Fincher's guys. Like the They did this. They did Mank. They did Social Network. Mm-hmm. They did Gone Girl. Um, <clears throat> so they're really tied to David Fincher, who I think is the best director going. So someone... Uh, good person to hit your wagon to i guess yeah absolutely they've also done a lot of really cool work like atticus ross solo did uh book of eli and Mm -hmm. um atticus ross and trent reznor did the uh oh shit what was that documentary on hbo about uh dr dre i don't know anyways it's amazing the music for that is really fucking good too yeah yeah they're very very talented guys very talented all right, so that was my number five pick. We're getting to our number fours. Sean, you want to kick us off with your number four? Okay, so um, number four is going to be kind of an oddball. Um, Tron Legacy. Um, wow. I, I I couldn't really find much on the making of this movie um, besides, you know, Daft Punk worked with, you know, their longtime collaborator, uh, Joseph Trapanese. Mm-hmm. Um, he did all the orchestration and helped with all the arranging because, you know, Daft Punk doesn't know how to do that. Um, the, uh, I think the electronic nature of this 
score and like the balls of Disney to tap Daft Punk uh, mm-hmm. instead of like some safe, boring composer mm-hmm. uh, are amazing and very welcome. Um, you know, Daft Punk, they're just so slick. The production values are a perfect match for the mm-hmm. world of Tron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a groundbreaking score in any sense, um, you know, other than like Disney took a risk on them. Uh, but goddamn, is this score so silky smooth and glossy and signature Daft Punk? Um, it is just like, so front I mean, to like from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. From okay. So, also, it's, yeah, it's thank good. you for mentioning that. Well, um, oh, I'm sorry, Wayne. Uh, the all of these scores that I picked, uh, I like every bit of music on Mm -hmm. um like you know it's as soon as you said scores by the way i should have front loaded this at the beginning but you know there's amazing themes throughout the movie but like there's Mm -hmm. also like 20 tracks on the score that are kind of just filler Mm -hmm. and uh so i kind of just left those off my list um Mm -hmm. so this one uh and and you know the previous one annihilation um every single one of these tracks on tron legacy is a complete banger Mm-hmm. Uh, you can almost just listen to it and not know the movie. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is a sick Daft Punk album. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think Recognizer is probably the uh, the standout piece for me mm-hmm. um, because it is a, uh, you know, it sits so well, like thematically because it's an electronic half and there's also this like orchestral half. Mm-hmm. And it's really a great fitting in the movie because, you know, this is immediately as the son of Flynn drops into Tron. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this movie. Spoiler alert. He goes into the computer program. So it's this perfect blend of like acoustic and electronic, just like kind of how he is because he's a living human that gets digitized into Tron. And mm-hmm. it's this perfect half and half. Um, also, I really like Son of Flynn, mm-hmm. um, uh, the one where he's driving his motorcycle. It's just the grid yeah this this whole <laughs> war is just so good listen to it right now you don't even need to see the movie and it's mm-hmm. like wow this is a really good daft punk album that's all i gotta say i love it cool i don't remember that movie well enough should rewatch it you, you should. should check it out the movie and not so great score it, amazing it's yeah. interesting too like and it shows you know your expertise on this topic is that you know you're picking scores of movies that you aren't crazy about like every movie on my list i'm i love like it's yeah yeah. and that's maybe that's why they stick out to me so and no i think uh uh will that the power of score you know it's tied like you just cannot separate it from the movie uh that's not a fault of your choices i already know i'm gonna love all your choices by the way i said at the beginning yeah movie score and movies uh, go together it's just, and you can say that about any score, even shitty ones. You can't separate it from the movie. But yeah, yeah I agree with with you. I think uh, the rest of my list is all amazing movies for me. This, this is just the one standout. I just, I love sci-fi. I love Daft Punk. This movie, not so great, but the score is immaculate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my number four is a movie that I very much love, probably in my top 10 favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was my number one sequel ever. And it's The Dark Knight. Fuck Hans yeah. Zimmer. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh. Uh, 2008. Uh, so Hans Zimmer, 
uh, Wayne already gushed about him. <laughs> Three Nolan Batmans, Inception, The Lion King, 12 Years a Slave, Man of Steel, Interstellar, Dune, No Time to Die. Um, crazy. He's been nominated 11 times for an Oscar, only mm-hmm. one win. Don't forget about Boss Baby, Will. <laughs> and don't forget about <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island either. He yeah. Do, Muppet Treasure, do not Treasure forget Island. about Call of Duty 2. Also, he's got 11 nominations so nominated for dunkirk interstellar inception uh sherlock holmes gladiator prince of egypt thin red line as good as it gets the preacher's wife and rain man and he wins with he wins for the lion king is his only one in 1994 (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and that's not even where i would put like his top you know yeah, it's it's crazy. I had no idea he's been nominated that many times with only one win. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think everyone here has seen The Dark Knight. Uh, I'm talking about listeners like it, and the score is just iconic. Like mm-hmm. my favorites are the bookends of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. The opening track, the robbing the bank is called Why So Serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the end is called The Dark Knight. There's parts one and two, which are great when the kind of uh, the Gary Oldman voiceover is going mm-hmm. on that that music at the end. It's so great going into the credits. Um, I also another big stick out here was uh, stick out stand out. Sure. <laughs> uh, stick out. Stick out. Another yes. standout here was uh, Harvey Two-Face is is what it's called on the soundtrack. And it's very uh-huh. fitting for the character. It's very upbeat at times. And then all of a sudden it gets very dark. The same uh-huh. track and it kind of yeah. represents the character. It's very cool. Good track. Uh, Hans Zimmer, Dark Knight is my number three, or sorry, four. I uh could go on and on about this movie, Will. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I think one of my favorite parts about this movie is um, the Joker's theme. Um, yep. when he has that single cello note that he extends into like infinity and it mm-hmm. just keeps rising and getting more uncomfortable. And yeah. I think it is so genius to like, it's just so simple and he distorts it and he makes it sound ugly and you hate it and it hurts your ears. And yep. it's just so perfect for the character. And yeah. That, you know, he, he did that digitally in the studio. Like I nerded out when this movie came out. This is like one of my all time favorite movies for a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, this movie is fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, I love the the like buildup of the the interrogation scene, which I think is probably the best mm-hmm. scene in the movie. That mm-hmm. the whole music buildup of that whole scene is fucking great. Where you find the guy like laying down in the in the prison cell, and you find out the Joker mm-hmm. like gets out. That uh, just fits so well in every single aspect of this movie. Uh, does so well with great complex characters like Joker, Two Face, and obviously Bruce Wayne. I uh, can't say enough good things about Hans Zimmer and his career, but this is the one that stands out for me in the dark Knight. It's a great pick, man. I can't, can't argue with that. Yeah. Great pick. Is that the dark Knight rises? That part? Yeah. Um, that's a great pick. There must uh, be one left in the wreckage, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Will the fire rise? Yeah, the fire will rise. The fire rises. Um, all right. So uh going uh a little actually really personal on number four for me. Um got a funny I would story hope these are all you. personal for you, Wayne. 
This is really <laughs> personal, though. Really yeah. personal. Um, my number four is Michael Mann's Last of the Mohicans. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. 1992. Um, yes. Trevor Jones uh, was the composer on this. He had a little help. Um, but this soundtrack, I freaking love it. It is all basically uh, just violins. It's just one continuing theme that plays out through the entire movie that they fall back on. Um, kind of a, a funny hint about this movie is that originally this was supposed to be all digital, all digital sounding soundtrack score. Uh, that's what Michael Mann wanted. And then after they started filming, he realized, Hey, this is about like Indians and or native Americans in the 1700s. Maybe digital is not the way to go. Yeah. This is like uh, one of the most analog movies that he's I ever know, done. He shut down done. air traffic to make the outdoor scene. So there were any planes in the background. Like I know. And thinking? then he's like, Oh yeah, let's do digital. Like, yeah. like synthesizer music for this. No. Um, so, uh, yeah. So last in Mohegan's, um, it was also recut a bunch of times. So Trevor Jones had a lot of work to do late in production, which is why they brought on Randy Elderman, mm -hmm. um, to score some of the minor scenes in the movie and also help Trevor Jones with some of the workload. Um, actually so much so that Trevor Jones in the end had came out with a, totally different re-recording by the Royal Scottish National Orchestra um, and then uh, rearranged the tracks of each of that album to follow in line with the movie, which the original soundtrack album did not. It was all over the place. Um, however, uh, one of my favorite tracks from this movie, and it's probably the most exemplary uh, example of... Uh. This I'm waiting <laughs> is promontory. Yes. Yes. Uh, so funny story on promontory. My wife and I were married on <laughs> a, uh, on a plantation in Nashville owned by say which one it is. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I am <laughs> owned by Mr. Andrew Jackson. Uh -huh. Um, we love Promontory so much. And Last of the Mohegans is one of our like favorite movies to watch together. Promontory was supposed to be the song that was played when the wedding party was coming into the reception. Uh, I wanted it to play. It was just like this straight up banger. We were at like Andrew Jackson's plantation. It fit in well. However, Andrew Jackson's ghost uh, would not let that happen. Um, <clears throat> And uh, the song actually screwed up and did not play. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was because Andrew Jackson said no. He did not want. Yeah, he had a real like hunky-dory relationship with Native Americans. So I see why that probably happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was like, no way. Mm -hmm. This is not going to happen mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, Flash so missed out on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, However, this this song, um, like I said, that theme that that starts in the beginning and you hear it throughout really just reaches its peak with the final fight scene with Mogwai um, at the end over the falls. 
Uh, it's just literally that theme playing over and over and over again as it just gets more and more and more um, profound. And then it just starts incorporating all of the other uh, instruments into this beautiful score. Um, absolutely love it. I feel like it is so well, it goes so well with the theme of the movie. And uh, great job by uh, Trevor Jones um, bringing this movie alive with the score. Couldn't agree more. Love it. Yeah, I like the movie. I, I been a while. Can't exactly remember the score, but I trust you. I do like the movie. Just trust me. It's gonna. It's it's awesome. Yeah, Promontory and Elk Hunt and the main titles are all mm-hmm. just amazing standout themes. That, like, will as soon as you go listen to them on Spotify, you're like, oh yeah, this shit's a banger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up our round of number fours. We are going into our number threes, top threes, starting with Sean. Okay. So number three, um, Arrival. Um, this is Johan Johansson. Mm-hmm. He uh, did a lot of movies uh, for Denis Villeneuve uh, before he died in 2018, RIP. He was... Um, you know, he was originally hired to do Blade Runner 2049 and Mother. Mm. And he died when those movies were in production. So wow. R.I.P. Um, he started the uh, pre-production. Um, he started at pre-production, I should say, mm-hmm. which is amazing because, you know, it's usually composers get brought in when the film's like almost done. So that right. was really cool. Um, he looked at concept art and the first week as the, uh, the helicopters approached the shell, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you guys have seen this movie, right? This is amazing. oh yeah, this is uh, another one of my top ten movies all time. Is this fucking movie? Um, so he he took the uh, the the concept art and that first shot, and he almost wrote the entire score. He knew that this movie was heavy on vocals, so he mm-hmm. really wanted to incorporate the human voice a lot. Um, the uh, the one odd man out track on this um, movie is uh, on the nature of daylight. Mm-hmm. which is by Max Richter, not mm-hmm. Johan Johansson. Um, this is a original work that was not intended for a movie, and it's been used in like 20 other movies, so it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to also call this out as another example of temp music that mm-hmm. the director hears over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and then he can't get the composer to do anything like it, so he just uses that piece. Mm-hmm. And if you look up the history of temp music in movies, you'll find a billion examples of this. Um, there are so many instances of this all across movies where a director loves the temp music that they just, you know, throw in real quick and they can't get it out of their heads. So mm-hmm. just wanted to call that out real quick. Um, there is a very like looping circular quality to like the motifs in the score, which is very in line with the movie. Yeah, um, you know specifically that alien language that they use language, in this movie. Yeah, oh, um, you know it's it's based on that like that Japanese Enzo, mm-hmm. um, which is like you know I don't know if you know anything about Enzos, but it's like it's supposed to be like absolute enlightenment, and you know it's almost kind of like an Ouroboros as well, which is like the you know that myth of the snake that eats itself and it's like constant mm-hmm. rebirth and stuff, and it's just so in line with this movie. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, there's time travel elements in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's causality elements. 
Um, and so, you know, you have this kind of cyclical kind of repeating motif, um, and it's just so perfect. Um, standout track for me, there's so many in this score. It's beautiful. Um, probably one of 12, uh, plays at the end as, uh, you know, Amy Adams character kind of has this huge epiphany at the end, which, mm. uh, if you haven't seen this movie, is a big fucking epiphany at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's this huge, like swelling, like soaring piece of music, and you know it's very powerful. It's almost muscular. Like if you haven't seen this movie, it is one of the most probably beautiful and tragic stories ever. And the score really captures um, like the mystery because you don't really know what's happening until almost the very end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is a top 10 movie for me. Top five scores of all time. I think Johan Johansson had some mm-hmm. amazing work in him. The stuff that he was able to capture before he died is amazing. Really wish he would have got a crack at, you know, some later movies and stuff that we don't even know about. But I would have loved to hear his take on Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he also did Prisoners and Sicario. Um, yep. So, I mean, yeah, this this dude's amazing. And this is probably my favorite work of his. Yeah, so he's Denis Villeneuve's guy, or was Denis Villeneuve's guy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, I love this movie so much. I actually considered it. Um, it's so crazy how good Denis is because, like, this is probably like my mm-hmm. third favorite mm-hmm. movie of his, and I love this movie. Um, it was in consideration for me. I'm a prisoners guy. I'm sure you guys. I'm sure we've talked about this before. Through oh, and through, it's one of my one of my favorite movies ever. Um, which he also did, which is great. Which I consider as well. So uh, mm. great pick. I love it. Yeah, I mean, this uh, honestly, Sicario was on my list for a little bit um, in my top five because of Johan uh, Johansson's um, take on the whole uh, highway scene. Oh, that border like crossing? The border crossing scene. How oh crazy God. is it that we got a movie that Taylor Sheridan wrote that Denis mm. Villeneuve directed? It's cr- crazy. And, and was composed by Johan. Uh, it's a crossover it? hit. Yeah. It's uh, Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, yeah. Insane. Sicario's yeah. awesome. And uh, yeah, Sicario's lower than that. So Sicario's probably my fourth or fifth favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Denise. Right. He's just. He's such a good director with so many good movies, and Johan's been a big part of a couple of them. Yeah, it's too bad, man. It's too bad. Uh, Who ended up doing 2049? Was that Zimmer? Zimmer and, um, mm-hmm. oh, shit, another guy who did the music for It. God, I'm blanking on his name right now. It's Zimmer and another guy. Checking right now. Wayne, yeah, you're pulling it Ron up. Bartlett, Michael Hodges. Benefin, Benjamin Wellfish, Wallfish, yeah, Ben Wallfish yeah. and Zimmer did the soundtrack for twenty forty nine. Nice, yeah, that would have been. Oh God, if Johan had done that, oof, right? I feel like it but, would have harkened back to Vangelis, like so much. It would have had that uh, like minor oof. correction. It's Vangelis. Okay, okay. get it right. <laughs> damn it, Wayne. That's a- that's our damn Tennessee education. It does not rhyme with Los Angeles, okay? Vangeli. <laughs> um, oh, that was a good pick, man. Love it. Uh, Will, 
you're up. All right. My number three. So I told you I'm doing a different composer for each one. So mm-hmm. um, I was worried like when I was doing this, I was like, oh, I'm going to pick some hack composer that Sean's just going to make fun of me for. Uh, <laughs> never. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and he said he's not including him, but I am John Williams. Uh, nice. Well, I know it's not a hack. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> and I'm cheating. I have a tie at number three. Ooh. Whoa, 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 that whoa, is whoa. cheating. <laughs> That's fully cheating. (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll stick with Jurassic Park then. Uh, Ah, there you go. (laughs) Correct answer. Correct answer. I'll stick with Jurassic Park as my three and John Williams pick. I do realize it's a little heavy on one theme and variations of it, but it's Mm -hmm. so iconic. It's my favorite piece of music in any movie ever. Um, But it's not my favorite holistic score because it does rely on a little bit too much of it at times and i get mm. that but the nostalgia behind it it's just it you know paints the whole picture of the park is great the theme is great but i actually like it's called welcome to jurassic park which is basically like the slower piano version mm. of it that they play mm-hmm. when they first like mm-hmm. you know see the park from the plane is fucking great uh john williams just a little bit on him 52 oscar nominations <laughs> the, most, <laughs> the most of anybody alive yeah. Uh, do you guys know who has the most of all time? Oh, Thomas Newman? No. Uh, soundtrack score nominations? Overall nominations. Oh, I don't think of big studios. Mm. Walt Disney, 59. Mm. Walt Disney has 59 Oscar nominations. John Williams second with 52. So yep. uh, only five wins ahead of 52 nominations. So one for Fiddler on the Roof, 1972, Jaws, 1976, mm-hmm. Star Wars, 1978, E.T., 1983, Schindler's List, 1994. So he hasn't won in <laughs> almost 30 years. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, is crazy but uh john williams that is crazy he should have won for harry potter those yeah, are, yeah that was a, that was a good really one. good yeah yeah i mean he's just got an insane list that we can go on and on and E.T. on about uh saving private ryan home alone et mm-hmm. jurassic yeah. park uh the other one that was my tie that i guess i'm leaving off was raiders of the lost ark uh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. which is phenomenal raiders march is iconic and then the cave slash idol is the whole scene in the beginning with the temple. Great score. Uh, so tough to leave that one off, but Jurassic Park is my number three. Love Williams. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Love the score. Iconic. And you know what? I think your point earlier about uh, not the whole score is great. There's like some filler on there. I mean, like, isn't that the job of a score though? Like it's not supposed to be absolutely dominating the entire yeah, thing, which I think Zimmer has been accused of sometimes. And I think maybe John Williams maybe doesn't do, he has a couple good scores. I mean, I mean uh, really good themes, like you said. Yeah. And he kind of just lets the movie roll in the background for the rest of the runtime. I it think should yeah, be com- right. it should be complimentary. Of yeah. The yeah. I you're should, absolutely I right. I should probably correct right. myself a little bit. It's not like the rest of the movie is scored bad. It's just like, it's different variations of the main theme a lot, which is okay. Like even the mm-hmm. new ones, I think actually the Chris mm-hmm. Pratt ones do a good job of it. Like 
especially in like the trailers, they you have like the hint of the original theme in there mm-hmm. just to kind of play off that nostalgia and like, hey, Jurassic Park needs this theme, just like Star Wars needs their theme mm-hmm. and all this. Like, you need to have it. That's the one thing that should stay. Um, you know, when you talk about yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like the ghost new Ghostbusters movie, as much as we all really didn't like it, needed to have Ray Parker Jr. in there somewhere. Like you need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and, and the old Elmer Bernstein like y- theme. Yeah, too. Ex- yeah. exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh Star Wars needs that theme. Uh Indiana Jones needs his theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, more mm-hmm. than anything, probably. And mm-hmm. Jurassic Park needs this theme, and it's great. Uh only reason it's not higher is because there's not too many things that really stick with me besides the main theme and welcome to Jurassic Park, but it's still mm. iconic. Great Jurassic Park, but over three. Great. I think, I think as a composer, John Williams does a great job of creating a theme or a composition that it's just like the epitome of a character. It's, it's almost like a character of the movie. Because you just called out like a bunch of movies where you can automatically say that's the move that's that's that one. Yeah, Wayne, I would say he's the best at it. I wouldn't say he's yeah. great, is say he's a master at it. He is yeah. unrivaled in creating themes. Like yeah, you said scores, and I interpreted that as the whole thing. But yeah. if you were doing themes, themes, this that's would what be I mean. All John yeah, I mean, this it's all John Wayne. Yeah, yeah, it'd be Star yeah. Wars, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. Exactly. Like, done. Uh, and I, maybe he, that's he, why we haven't heard yeah. anything new from John Williams or like mm-hmm. not that much. Because honestly, we've talked about this before where recently it's been just, it's been remakes of those movies. Right, yeah. so he's already pulling from something the he's already Star had. Star Wars, yeah, all the Star Wars movies. I had to check if he was still alive. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I didn't know. Uh, Lincoln, maybe his last big like original, mm. but that wasn't really a standout. It wasn't a standout to me. Uh, yeah, score. I don't really like yeah. that movie, so I don't remember it too much. But um, I honestly think ET is his best movie. I mean. Listen you know, to that score. It's a very good score. I actually don't like it. Very good. I'm not an ET fan. No. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, fine, but yeah. the score is. It, yeah, uh, it is master. good. It, I can mm-hmm. picture that right now too. And yep. Home Alone. Now, uh, Home Alone would be on the top five themes, honestly. I know. It really is it would. because you don't like ET because he's an alien that got abducted, or you want the you wish he was a kid that was? Yeah, like, I would have liked the little kid to be abducted by the alien. Oh, roles, gotcha, gotcha. Rolls reversed. In, I would have liked it more, but yeah, put it in the HVAC system. You know, whatever. <laughs> I do like when Drew Barrymore calls her brother a penis head. That always is a standout <laughs> scene for me. But <laughs> or penis breath, penis breath. Yeah, that's what she calls him. Does she even know what that means? Back then? No shot. Wait, it's Drew Barrymore. She might have. Yeah. No, she's a little sister. She's just regurgitating stuff. She knows twist the knife. This is typical, you know, younger sibling behavior, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah you know this well. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a great pick, man. Um, love me some John Williams. So. We're gonna we're gonna move on to my number three, which is one we've actually already talked about. Uh, it's just higher up on my list. Tron Legacy, twenty ten. Oh shit! Punk. Yep. Uh, this, as we talked about earlier, I can listen to this album from front to end. It's just a Daft Punk album. 
That's mm-hmm. what it is to me. A um, couple of standouts, D-Rezzed, uh, which is just like, that's Daft Punk. Um, the other is, that's very Daft Punk is the end titles, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these songs play well uh, into the theme of the movie, like Sean said. Um, it's very digitalized. Uh, the director specifically went for Daft Punk to compose this. He had tried getting them earlier for another movie, um, but ended up not being able to get them because they were on their Alive tour. Uh, But they were able to do this one, which is so weird that Disney allowed this to happen because it's just like Daft Punk uh, in a Disney movie. Like it's it's just strange. But it ended up being one of my favorite uh, scores of all time. Um, I'm with Sean movies, eh, but the soundtrack is out of this world. Uh, I've listened to it a bunch of times. They actually came out with a remix version. Yeah. Really good. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that D res that D res, like you called out glitch mob does a reconfigured version. Of yes. That, and it glitch is mob does so it. good. Yeah. Oh God. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, love it. Uh, so that was my number three pick. All this like Daft Punk stuff. Have you guys seen Flight of the Concords? Yeah. The TV show. Like it, yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of when they're dressed as ro- they're filming robots in music video. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> our costumes don't make us look like Daft Punk. We wanted to look like Daft Punk. And Mur- <laughs> Murray goes, I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Love that show. Love that show. Uh, RIP season three. Damn it. Yeah. Would have loved a season three. I know. Love uh, Brett. Brett maybe did. Uh, is Brett? he dead or or are you saying he may or may not have died? <laughs> <laughs> I love when they're talking. I love when they're talking about Fleetwood Mac and they're talking about how they all like slept with each other and like. Granted, they made some of the best music of all time during that time. And he goes, "Rumors." He goes, "No, it's all true." <laughs> <laughs> Just stupid jokes like that. I just love it. Uh, they did oh, another one. They're talking about Michael Jackson. They're like, oh, what's his best album? They're like, oh, Michael Jackson's off the wall. And Murray goes, yeah, I'd say he is. Isn't he going to freeze himself? <laughs> <laughs> love that fucking show. God, love it. All right. Let's call this meeting to order. Let's uh, thank Roll Call. <laughs> Brett. Uh, Brett. Jermaine. Brett. Jermaine. Here. Present. 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 I love how he calls Jermaine plays the bass and calls it the dad guitar. The dad guitar. You playing the dad guitar, Jermaine? Uh, good times. Good times. Uh, all right. So we are into our two and one picks right now. Um, these are probably going to be some really heavy hitters as they normally are. Um, so, Sean, we're going to go with you. Number two for you, Dose. Number two, Interstellar. Um, this is obviously Hans Zimmer, Hans um, Spritzer. Yeah, Hans Spritzer. Um, this is Zimmer at his most poignant and emotional. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think his scores tend to be a little bit bombastic for me. Um, and this one really hits the sweet spot. Um, this is probably my favorite Nolan movie too, which I've kind of fallen out of favor with him as a director recently <laughs> some of his Same. last choices but this i'm no one doubt no one doubt yeah no one doubt me too yep. um you know this movie began uh you know nolan nolan gave a one-page synopsis of a, a fake story 
he gave it to uh, to Zimmer, and he's and it was about a father leaving his daughter to go to work, and that's how uh, Zimmer began his sketches for uh, this score, and he spent a month alone in isolation to uh, to really understand the characters, which is something that I think we can all relate to now. Um, but you know, a, a lot of people really like knock, uh, you know, the Nolan Zimmer combo because, you know, the, the score is mixed too loud. Mm. Um, in this case, I feel like, uh, you know, the movie is about the transformative and, and spanning ability of love. Mm. And so I really feel like it, it fits to have a fucking score mixed up to 11, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, also to, uh, uh, you know, the, the organ in the score, which is, if you've not seen this movie, shame on you, but uh, the, the heavy use of organ. And um, many of the motifs are, uh, are, are based around sort of like a, a fugue, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a, a repeating melody. Mm-hmm. And then another melody repeats on top of that. And, you know, Bach was probably most famous for fugues. Yes, he was. Um, that was his thing. Bach and fugues were things. Yeah. Thing. So, you know, um, this repeating sort of cyclical nature of the fugue mirrors the story and the time travel, you know, themes, you know, mm-hmm. you know chicken and the egg, what caused what. Um, the organ is, uh, you know, sitting in a 12th century church. And it's an organ from the 17th century, by the way, wow. that was used for this score. Um, and, you know, at one point, um, the organ was, you know, the most complex machine ever made by man. And uh, it also really ties into the themes of this movie because it's my theory that, you know, Coop and Tars merge in the Tesseract to become the fourth dimensional being mm-hmm. that affects the whole outcome of that movie. Um, so don't want to get into that too much, but... <laughs> I just think, you know, we're talking about complex machinery and I feel like right. you know, organ is a perfect fit. Um, the standout track for me is, is stay. And that was one of the first, uh, you know, themes, motifs, sketches, whatever you want to call it, that Zimmer wrote. And this is, this plays as, as Coop leaves mm-hmm. earth for the final time. He never returns. And his daughter Murph is, you know, there behind him and it's, you know, she's crying and it's, Super fucking sad. And, you know, the swell at the end with the rocket thrusters yeah. as he leaves is, is very, like, mournful and beautiful. And uh, it's probably one of the standout tracks for me. Also, No Time for Caution is as, you know, our heroes at the end attempt to redock with that space station as it spins wildly out of control. And it is so powerful and so moving and there's this huge swell and payoff at the end where they finally connect with the space station and it mirrors perfectly with the music and there's it goes you know it's this huge like minor fugue and it goes into this major key right at the end and it's just it's fantastic uh if you watch that scene and you don't have goosebumps there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. Uh, and so yeah this is my number two pick interstellar would you say that somebody, if they're not feeling goosebumps, should have some emotion lotion? Yeah, they should okay. have some emotion lotion before to, to, you know, get the proper channels flowing. Got you, got <laughs> you. It's really interesting that you uh, brought up the uh, Temple Church pipe organ at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it's uh, 
It's interesting because yeah, you're right. I mean, the technology of that time, like it's crazy complex. Yeah, if you guys have never seen an organ in real life, they are absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got to play one in D.C. And the room behind the organ is huge. And there's like this motor and all these blowers Mm -hmm. and there's all these valves. And, you know, that's where the phrase all pull all the stops out comes Mm -hmm. from playing an organ is you pull out all the stops. So literally every single pipe hits and. uh yeah, they are one of the most complex instruments ever and were the most complex machine from like the 1700s all the way up until the invention of the telephone. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Um, this movie really hits it out of the park for me in terms of score. I think this is peak Zimmer. Mm-hmm. I really loved the cornfield chase. Yes. Yeah, that was a really good, really good one. Well thoughts yeah uh i mean zimmer nolan inception interstellar dark knight which we just talked about uh seemed to be a very good match i actually don't love interstellar um it becomes a little too i just said i'm nolan out this is i think kind of somewhere the tipping point for you this is the tipping point for me and then the tenant just was like all right we get it um but (laughs) yeah so, but scores unbelievable in all these movies. I like, you know, Inception was a mind fuck enough. Like that was, you should have ended your mind fuckness with Inception. <laughs> uh, prestige, I really like, but yeah, prestige it, is good. Yeah, prestige yeah, yeah, yeah. is awesome. Uh, but yeah, it, the the movie itself, I I don't hate it. It just it started my dislike of Nolan when he just mm. became too. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to spend five hours on Reddit after I see a movie to fully understand <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's Tenet for sure. Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't get the temporal pincer movement like immediately. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. All right. Uh, my number two uh, actually spans across three movies, and it's not cheating because it's really the same score. <laughs> It's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. one to oh, three. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the mm. Ring, Two Towers, and the best one, Return of the King. Uh, Howard Shore mm-hmm. did Silence of the Lambs, Big, The Aviator, The Departed. Uh, won two Oscars for this. Uh, one for Best Music Original Song. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King is the name of the song, which is the best in all three movies. And just for the original score for The Fellowship of the Ring, he won as well. Mm. Um, and the original score, sorry, he won uh, three. The He won for original score for Fellowship and Return of the King, and then best original song for Return of the King. Um, also nominated for Hugo, the Scorsese movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I can't say enough good things about this. This is music that I tag to a movie more than maybe anything. And it's so different than even the rest of these movies on here. Um, without trying to get into music more than I know, a lot more woodwinds I think, <laughs> in this than uh, <laughs> a lot more flutes here than other scores, probably. Uh, but yeah. I just think about. I have one from each that really stands out. Uh, okay. The breaking of the fellowship is the very end of the first movie, which is 
fucking heartbreaking. Uh, God. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, ends the movie that. Uh, in Two Towers, Helm's Deep is the name of the track and the name of yep. the scene, which I think is the best scene in any of the three movies. Two Towers is actually the least of my favorite, my least favorite mm-hmm. movie of the three. But uh, Helm's Deep, I think, is the best scene in any of the three movies. And then uh, The Return of the King in the third one, which is uh, mm-hmm. really where you hear the flutes. And it really wraps up the movie. It's bookends of the trilogy where they kind mm-hmm. of, you know, are at the Shire in the beginning. And then you hear that theme at the end, you know, when they get back there. And uh, it's it's so great. Uh, love all three of these movies. I think we go on and on about Lord of the Rings, but this whole score. Front oh, to back, I will. Don't get me started. Front to back over three movies. Uh, is really one that sticks out to me and uh I'm, I'm due for a lord of the rings rewatch i usually do it in december and i didn't this year um yeah it's a good time yeah it's yep. a good time to do it uh but lord of the rings trilogy 01 to 03 is my number two yes well i uh <clears throat> can't agree more with this pick um the fellowship theme, you know, those two notes, just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he hits that at the end of the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the first movie, I'm sorry. And yeah. then you don't hear it in all its glory until Return of the King. Yeah. And you you hear, you know, it's a, it's a, a powerful motif. We were talking about themes with John Williams earlier. This is a killer theme. Mm-hmm. You, he hits it first movie. And then you get hints of it all the way up until the very end of the movie. And you don't hear it until it's full glory with all the winds, all the strings, mm-hmm. you know, the full orchestral behind it until the very end. And it's just this enormous payoff. And I think it works thematically beautifully. And yeah. I can't agree more with this theme. Like I said at the beginning, I knew I was going to love all your picks and not disappointed so far. Yeah, that that flute at the end of three does it for me when they're all hugging each other in the bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a theme is good when you can have the theme have such a range that it's mm-hmm. playful, it's sad, it's dramatic, and it's empowering all at the same time. And that's yeah. what that theme does. It it's just it follows it follows the emotion through the entire series. Mm-hmm. And it's used properly at the right times to bring out the right emotion that you need, but still tying it all in together. I mean, the breaking of the fellowship, you called it, man. That was, oh, that was so powerful. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And you're not even, you didn't even hit on the Shire theme, which right. is a masterwork of like that typical Irish folk melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is a great pick, man. Great pick. Yeah, it's not totally cheating, right? Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. Three no, movies. Not yeah. at all. No, not at yeah, because the Shire theme is really, you know, they get back at the end of the third movie and then mm-hmm. it plays again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that flute, unbelievable. There's some great, great, I mean, if we could include Game of Thrones, it would probably be my number one. Uh, but watching Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones like live performances are fucking so great. You can go down a rabbit hole on YouTube really, mm-hmm. really fast with watching, you know, like orchestras play both of them. Oh uh, yeah, it's fucking great. But uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings. I think it just be. goes to your original point of like being able to not separate the theme and the movie. You hear yeah. that theme, mm-hmm. you think of the movie, and your emotions through the roof. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. I love it. Great, great fucking pick, man. Wayne. Uh, well, my number two is one that you guys have given me shit about for the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm also going Hans Zimmer, number two, Man of Steel. <laughs> I knew this is going to be on your list. Hi, this is my favorite Hans Zimmer score by far. Um, I love everything he does, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick, but um, Man of Steel, I feel I can I can listen to this album all the way through. Uh, I listen to it when I work out. I feel like Superman. Yeah, um, it is so empowering and just the buildup that he has in each one of the songs was just, oh, it's dark. It's gritty. It's this percussion that just keeps pounding away. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, this movie in itself, when it came out, it's very, it's Zack Snyder. So we know it's going to be dark. It's going to be gritty. But it was really the first time that we had seen Superman in that, that kind of, that theme since uh, ever. You know, it was a darker side of Superman and uh, Hans Zimmer had to steer clear of what the Superman themes were before. Because, you know, back when we had the, the very original Superman with Christopher Reeve, it was very American. Aaron Copeland. John Williams. John Williams did yeah. the uh, the score for that one. And it was very just, you know, like, here I am, Superman. And then um later on uh we had the uh oh uh the brian um singer what brian singer mm-hmm. right i think yeah, right brian singer version yeah. uh which played off of the same one um from you're talking about the director of the brian singer director brian yeah. superman yeah. superman returns superman returns um which was a, a lot of the homage from the original superman um, this one was not like that, and it wasn't trying to do that. It was trying to create Superman in its own world, and it was dark, it was gritty, uh, and just I think Hans like delivered with this exceptionally well. Um, one of my favorite songs in the album is Terraforming. Um, it's nine minutes, 49 seconds of pure ecstasy. Well, I really it's- thought you were going to say oil rig. Oil rig's only a minute long. I don't have enough time oh, for that. So That's good. Good. Oil rig <laughs> is really good, though. Yeah. Um, oil rig is like the preview to terraforming. Like mm-hmm. oil rig like sets you up. Okay, this is how it's going to be. Terraforming brings it home. Terraforming during the movie is when, you know, towards the end, um, he's already established the Superman. He's figured out all his powers. And... uh you know, Michael Shannon's character comes down with his bros and his hoes, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna take Earth, I'm gonna make it my own world, bitch. Yeah. And then he sends all the stuff down to start to, you know, that that sound of the terraforming objects just like repeatedly hitting the earth. The oh, yeah, it sounds like a dishwasher. Like, <laughs> sounds like a crazy ass dishwasher, and it just plays into that. So yeah. It's it's a great score, and I just want to touch on the movie real quick because I don't know when we'll ever mm. talk about Hans Zimmer and we're or Super or uh, Man of Steel again. But it's it's so strange because it's an underrated movie, but at the same time, it almost it feels like incomplete. Like 
a, a great comp is Batman Begins of it being a great origin story mm-hmm. and it lets the rest of the trilogy take off. I would have liked mm-hmm. to see direct Man of Steel sequels and seeing where it went from there. Mm-hmm. Not like Batman versus Superman and Justice League, which yeah, were disappointingly a direct Man of Steel sequel because maybe I think Batman Begins got a lot more appreciated after the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises came out, right? Because mm-hmm. it was the setup for those movies and, you know, stands on its own. It's a great movie, but, you know, I think it was more appreciated after the sequels because it serves as its origin story. And origin stories do tend to have, like, they're kind of dealt you know, the short straw to begin with, because they have all of this that they need to build in first, mm-hmm. right? Like they can't start from scratch. They need to do A, B, C, and D first before the movie can even get going. And that can be a disservice to some, right? Like, for example, in the new Spider-Man movies, I like how they didn't do the whole Uncle Ben thing again. Like we get it. Mm-hmm. In Batman, I feel like we don't need to do the parents getting shot <laughs> over and over again. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows that at that point, right? And Superman... We really not modern audiences because there hadn't been a Superman movie in so long. Really didn't know, you know, uh, you know, coming from Krypton and right. you know all the stuff with with his father and Russell Crowe and all mm-hmm. that didn't really happen. So, would have been interesting to see Man of Steel sequels and where that trilogy would have went because like Nolan was involved mm-hmm. in those too. Like he was a producer and. I think they had something mapped out, but I would have liked to see where that trilogy could have went because Man of Steel, I don't love, but I think is slightly underrated because of where it could have gone. Um, I think it's my favorite DC movie that they've made yet. Over like Batman's you're talking over the Dark Knight and stuff. Uh, DC DC EU. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, Which off the top, of, shoes, Will, off the like, top of my head, I can't think of anything that's better. I do like the first Wonder Woman. Will wants to say Shazam. <laughs> Shazam is is fun, but not great. Shazam yeah. is better than I thought it would be, but not great. Uh, I hate Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I don't like Justice League that much. Batman, Superman, it's terrible. What am I missing? <laughs> I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> I guess it's Man of Steel. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, else. I, I agree. I think that uh, Watchmen doesn't count, right? That's not DC. No, no, not really. No, no. <laughs> yeah. See, I think the mistake that DC made started with the fact that they didn't continue both Ben Batfleck and Man of Steel as their own movies. Yeah. So I, I know. yeah, like I. Did not understand why we went from Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman. Like, and Ben Affleck was going to direct the Batman movie. That would have been fun. And write it. He was God. That would have been write and direct it. It would have been good. Uh, Matt Reeves looks great. So I mean, that's okay. But uh, yeah, I'm just missed out. It was just a a, you know we're never going to get that. We're never going to see that, and that's kind of Mm -hmm. like disappointing. Yeah, we're never going to see Nicolas Cage as Superman either, so it's one of those (laughs) things we're just never going to (laughs) see. What could have been? Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. Uh, I think it's Man of Steel. I do like the first Wonder Woman, but after that... Wonder Woman's fantastic. Yeah, after that... I disagree entirely, but... Wonder Woman sequel sucked. Justice League. No, I hated Wonder Woman. No, first Mm. one's good. Uh, Other than that... Other than that, oof. 
Yeah, I think the themes that Zimmer lays down in Man of Steel are some of the most Zimmer. Mm-hmm. You know, because he loves that like that rock opera, like aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean is probably most Hans Zimmer. Like mm-hmm. that's him at his most like primitive, most primal, most like wake up in the morning and like what am I want to do? It's Pirates of the Caribbean shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Man of Steel is great. I think, uh, yeah, it's a great theme, man. I love all the pieces in this movie too. Terraforming is great. Um, mm-hmm. Oil yeah, rig, think, you mentioned. Yeah, you know, and I was writing down uh, earlier that because um, I said that I was not going to put any Williams on here. My favorite Williams theme. Uh, I don't know. Maybe your listeners are going to crucify me for this. Krypton, Krypton theme. Mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve, listen yep. to that again. Tell me you're not fucking inspired. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, an iconic yeah. theme, too. Uh, yeah. You know, talking about that. I actually really remember those because, like, I, I don't know if you guys have a Six Flags near you, but we have <laughs> Six Flags. So, like, we have yeah, like, yeah. all the classic themes playing, like, while you're waiting for the ride. So, like, while you're Superman was the big ride at our Six Flags. Sure. And so that theme just plays over and over again. Uh, while you're waiting in line and like going towards the ride. So like those just mm-hmm. stick with me because of that. Same with Batman, the original theme from yeah, Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah, yeah Danny, Danny Elfman. Elfman. And yeah. so you have all the themes that like play while you're waiting for like because mm-hmm. half the park is DC stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, that was my number two pick. We're going to move on into our uh, number ones now. Um, it's big, Sean. What you got for me? Okay. Number one. Just drop it like a mic. Blade Runner 1982. Yeah, Wait. this is uh this is Vangelis, which uh really Vangelis. You remember how to pronounce for the rest of <laughs> Van- Vangelis, right? This is a hard G, okay? Vangelis. Okay. All right. Okay. Van- um this Vangelis. does not rhyme with Los Angeles, okay? Um okay. You know, uh, he's a white guy, so it's like you can mispronounce his name and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's Greek. He's Greek. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, Ridley Scott said that, um, like I said at the beginning, you know, dialogue is the final piece of dialogue or score is the final piece of dialogue mm-hmm. placed in a film. And uh, this is probably as much as a character as Deckard, mm-hmm. as the city, as the mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the, the whole aesthetic of this film is is unparalleled, honestly. I mean, like, if this was top five aesthetic films, it'd be Blade Runner 2. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and this is all Vangelis' score. Um, the title sequence, as, you know, the, the camera glides over mm-hmm. this fully realized cityscape. I mean, like, it's peak cyberpunk. Are we um, talking the director's cut? Final cut. Final cut. Gotcha. Yeah. Go. Final cut. Director's yep, cut too, right? Yep. Um, you know, it just oozes mood and vibe. Uh, you know, he used brand new synth technologies um for the score. You know, the the Yamaha CS80, you look up the Wikipedia article for Yamaha CS80, Vangelis has a fucking note in there about Blade Runner. Um, he is that tied to this instrument yeah um you know he the digital reverb too was like maybe four or five years old Mm -hmm. um it's a huge part of the blade runner dna um i think the use of 
thematically, the use of these digital sounds, especially vocals that Vangelis uses to mimic, you know, instruments that would normally be played by humans. Perfect mm -hmm. fit for this movie. Um, you know, if you don't take the final cut or the director's cut of Blade Runner, it's still up in the air as to whether Deckard is a replicant or not. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert, he is. But Mr. Know, Scott said so. Yeah, Mr. Scott said so. Authoritatively, he's a replicant. So I think using this completely keyboard synth-based score is so on the money for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Vangelis did these scores, he did all the sketches for this movie based on dailies. So Scott filmed mm -hmm. dailies and sent them to Vangelis. Sent them to him. Studio. Yep. And he did them. Dude, his first sketch, he just started playing shit. As he was watching it, most of his first sketches made the final cut. That's how good he is. He's that good. He yeah. did this shit first take. It's like Jay-Z, like no lyrics. He just has it all. He just had it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think this movie sits firmly in between old school, like theremin, like like old school mm -hmm. sci-fi and something yeah, yeah. very orchestral like Star Wars. Yeah. Um, this is right in the middle. And uh, this is my absolute favorite score. I can listen to any piece on this score and instantly be transported to the film. It's a masterpiece. I love this score. Yeah, I totally agree. It was up there for me too. I love both yep. Blade Runner movies. I love both Blade Runner scores. I actually do like 2049 better as a movie, but mm -hmm. I think this score sticks out more to me. Um, mm -hmm. than it's iconic. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. Uh, and it's a great pick. Uh, I absolutely love everything blade runner related so yeah absolutely absolutely sci -fi, i think that, five for five on sci-fi yeah all sci-fi i told you all at the beginning it's gonna be all sci-fi picks <laughs> i think there's something about sci-fi that really lends itself to allow composers to really explore, explore. really yeah. get wild and really kind of like unhinge themselves from whatever previous expectations that they thought they might have had about the subject, they can just go wild. And mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Cause it's new, right? It's a mm -hmm. new, it's a new world that a lot of these, you know, directors are creating. It's not mm -hmm. uh, a world we know it's science fiction. So it's not like you're like, all right, well, I need to make a, a score based on the 1920s prohibition era. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, well, you know what that's going to be. It's, yeah. it's something completely different. And they get to really just go out there and try some new instruments, try some new things. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, one thing I can say about this movie, especially rewatching it, is uh, I actually love that this was this movie was shot the way it was. It's very grainy, gritty. You almost don't. Sometimes you watch scenes, you're like, I don't, I don't know fully what's going on, like all over the place, because it's just, mm -hmm. it's very, you know. The composition within the scene is it's very odd and it's dark and it's very contrasting at times you've got very high amounts of light coming in in these very 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 dark areas and it's alien right mm -hmm. it's very alien and which is exactly what the the score 
does as well. It's just these very long, drawn out synthesizers that create this world of like, I am uncomfortable right now. I don't really know what's going on. But yeah, I'm and if you look mesmerized at, like, at the same time, yeah, hit, you look I'm at his other scores, man. Like he did Chariots of Fire, Chariots of Fire, he right? did Alexander. I mean, they're both really fucking good scores. Uh, this guy kind of just like disappeared. But mm-hmm. Blade Runner is so iconic. I just had, it, honestly, the list started as the top four because I was like, "Oh, Blade Runner's number one." When I started, yeah, this. Yeah. I was like, "It's done." It obviously, yeah. it's Blade Runner. What else? What are my other four picks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I thought the same with my list. My number one was very easy, um, and it's the Social Network. Uh, Ooh, great, very nice. Good pick, man. Yeah, so this was, uh, like Sean said, it started with four because I knew I was picking the social network as one. Mm. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, we talked about them before when Wayne talked about Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Um, Tied to David Fincher, my favorite director, and Social Network, probably my favorite movie of the 2010s, I would say. Um, Did Girl with Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, Mank. Uh, we talked about how before he won for this, and he also won for Soul. Uh, he's also nominated for Mank, which I didn't like. The first David Fincher movie I did not like uh, mm. was Mank. Uh, he also won an Emmy for the Watchmen TV show. Um, this great like, score Sha- for that too. Yeah, it's uh, Sean just said the words mood and vibe, and that's what I think of when I think of this score and mm-hmm. this movie. And it keeps you on your toes for the entire movie. Anytime there is dialogue, and this is very dialogue driven, it's one of the best scripts ever written. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it, this and a few good men, both Aaron Sorkin scripts are dialogue 101. Mm-hmm. And so just all the dialogue scenes and the background music and the uh, the scene where they look over Harvard Square. In Cambridge, Mm -hmm. it's so, so good, but it's all anxiety building. This Mm -hmm. score and this movie is meant to keep you on the edge of your seat through dialogue and script, and it does exactly that. There is even a track on uh, the soundtrack called The Gentle Hum of Anxiety, which is so (laughs) fitting, and it's probably the best. Uh, It is just I could I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Uh, yep. it's one of the few I I actually do listen to on my Spotify all the time is the uh, composition of the social network Trent Reznor uh, as Wayne mentioned before from Nine Inch Nails this is his first movie he's ever done so hmm. two of these uh, you know I had Johnny Greenwood with Radiohead being in a band first movie he ever did There Will Be Blood now Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nails the first movie he ever did the social network which uh was a pretty easy number one for me. I absolutely love this score and this movie. It made yeah. Facebook made Facebook cool. Do you remember when you heard like they were making a movie about Facebook? And you're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, that was that was Trent yeah. Reznor's reaction yeah. <laughs> when yeah, he like, was asked uh, about this movie. How was it? Like, oh, it's yeah. a it's a David Fincher. I love it. His movies are so like you know like out there and like sexy and they're like yeah. oh it's yeah. about facebook and he's like uh what <laughs> uh yeah but seriously it made it i mean 
One of the best movies like, ever made. It, one, it's incredible. one of the best movies, and I feel like the the score played into that. I mean, Big time. it literally made the whole entire story of the creation of Facebook cool as shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, it made Mark Zuckerberg look cool as shit, and it was just this super dark, gritty score that was underneath all of this perfect fucking dialogue. It was just like, ah, so good. That's the thing to like have a movie that is so reliant on script and dialogue and mm-hmm. to have a score that supports it so much i feel like is kind of difficult because mm-hmm. like it's not you don't have like you know i mentioned like jurassic park and raiders of the lost ark before you don't have these like right. action scenes like escape scenes whatever it's yeah. just all dialogue based mm-hmm. and just it's the backdrop of the movie and it's so fucking brilliant i absolutely love it social network yeah i love how they're like that like cover remix or whatever you want to call it of like, you know, Grieg's in the hall of the mountain King when they're doing Mm. the rowing. Yeah. You know? Yep. Oh, that's so good. The whole score is really good. Yeah. Great pick. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah. I did. uh, I didn't mention that on my girl with the dragon tattoo, but the immigrant song that they did at the beginning of the movie (laughs) set it up. And I freaking love that song. We know you have a boner for Led Zeppelin, you know? (laughs) I do. I know Uh, you guys don't. You're on the opposite way. Shit, man. Shit, man. Terrible. I'm I'm midnight. Y'all are 6 p.m., so it's fine. (laughs) I'm going to say I'm at 3 p.m., okay? Okay. Right in the middle. I told you, I do like Over the Hills and Far Away is a good song. (laughs) Not for me. Uh, Karen O and uh, Immigrant Song. Immigrant song is also great in Ragnarok. It is. Yeah, it is. All right. So does that leave? Is it? It's mine, right? Yeah, you, you number one. Let's go. All you, Mike big dropped. fella. All right. Well, so this was literally the hardest list I've had to make. Um, so many number ones on here. Uh, I actually picked the number one because I could not leave him off my list. Uh, he is one of my favorite composers outside of Hans Zimmer. Um, so my number one pick is uh, Shaw- Shawshank Redemption uh, soundtrack by Thomas yes. Newman. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, this is one that we talked about where it is a period piece. Uh, it takes place um, throughout the course of several years, but during, you know, 40s, 30s. Um it's basically uh, a memento to Aaron Copeland and his uh, beautiful crescendos of the American West. Um, I feel like this is just, I don't know. I, this is one of, I, I can listen to this soundtrack and, and ball listening to it the entire time. I mean, it's, mm. it's sad. It's empowering at the same time. It's very Thomas Newman. He is, he has done a lot of movies with some depth and uh, a lot. The scale of Thomas Newman has definitely changed over the years. He did Skyfall. Um, so you can tell he's, he's growing in the fact that he's trying new things and getting his instruments. But the base of Thomas Newman is, is just odd sounding themes, but they work and they're almost sad. Like if you listen to any Thomas Newman's, theme it's just like there's mm-hmm. almost like the sadness to it go ahead yeah. 
Well, you know, he's the son of Alfred Newman, who did the a uh, lot of early, early classic Hollywood stuff that you know. Yep. Uh, he did the 20th Century Fox logo. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his dad. Um, yeah, Thomas Newman. He did. He did Shawshank. You know, he did American Beauty. Mm-hmm. He did Road to Perdition, which I know mm-hmm. is a very polarizing subject among you two. Mm-hmm. Great movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. False. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I love this, love this score. What's your favorite part? What's your favorite piece from it? Um, honestly, there are two pieces in Shawshank Redemption that I love. Um, one of them is the ending title of the movie. Mm -hmm. The other one is the, um, uh, let me figure out what it's called actually. Oh, just tell us what scene it is. It's the scene where you first uh, see the prison and it comes. Yeah, when he's on the bus. Yeah, when he's on exactly. the bus. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They uh, what that movie had to do with the score is capture like the sadness of Andy mm-hmm. Dufresne. Right. Mm-hmm. And being a innocent man who is going to jail and all mm-hmm. that's behind that, which this just came to me and I don't know why. Because mm-hmm. I should have realized this before, is probably a big reason why he was cast as his role in Mystic River, is because of the influence from Shawshank as a man who's innocent, uh, but people think he's mm-hmm. guilty, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Robbins, I never made that connection until just now, and like thinking about that score, and that was the first thing that came to my mind: the bus, mm-hmm. and you get the first wide shot yeah. out of the prison, the very, it's called stoic theme. Yeah, the heavy strings. Yeah. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 great. This is a really good pick. Uh not one that I even like came to mind, but now that I'm thinking about it, like I have mm-hmm. every scene probably because you know, everyone gets Shawshanked is the verb and has seen this movie a million <laughs> times. But I yeah. have every scene, you know, I have the Brooks scene. I can I can hear the music yeah. right now with Brooks. Uh, can hear everything. I can hear, you know, the scenes with uh, Clancy Brown as the mm-hmm. prison guard. I can hear that. I can hear the warden mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, the Rita Hayworth scene at the end. I can hear yep. everything. Um, How are you guys not mentioning the very scene where he escapes out of the sewer? That is the mm-hmm. climax of the music. <laughs> How have you not said that already? That is the <laughs> pinnacle of the score for me. Andy Dufresne crawled through a mile miles of shit. Of shit. <laughs> crawled through a mile of shit. Yeah. Came out clean on the other end. <laughs> yeah. Great, great pick, man. Sean, I should have had you, I should have had you made a list, make a list of like buzzwords. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like nailing it with these like fucking like <laughs> music words, dude. I'm like, oh shit. I meant. <laughs> Yeah, I did take um, music appreciation in college, though, so I got a little bit. But you should have paid attention more, <laughs> dude. I have so many honorable that was mentions. Community on here, community college, by the way. That was oh yeah, when I was nineteen. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said "Last of the Mohicans" because that was on my honorable mm-hmm. mentions list. And uh, mm-hmm. someone mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark. We already talked about mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, Social Network was on here. Yep. Uh, another one that I really wanted to put on here was uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. That was almost my number five. 
But then I started looking so at it many. and I'm like, well, it's all sci-fi. I'll just, just keep it all sci-fi. Just like make it easy for myself, you know? Yeah. Um, I can't believe you didn't pick the fountain. Dude, it was on my list. It was I on my cannot list. I cannot believe you didn't pick the fountain. Like I I you, thought you were gonna pick the fountain. I thought really I thought you were gonna pick the fountain. I thought Wayne was ten thousand percent Lord of the Rings number one. Like I would have not even Wow. I yeah. was thinking Wayne was going to say the fountain was his number one. The fountain of the rings was on my yeah. list as number one for a while, Will. And then I, I was wow. like, you know what? I'm going to, I got to, I, cause I didn't have any Thomas Newman on there and I fucking love Thomas Newman. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn it. I got to put know what almost, somewhere. what almost made my list. Uh, God, I have like four more movies too. Eighth grade. Have you seen that movie? Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, and Anna Meredith did this. Anna Meredith did the score for that, and it's like I love that movie. What's her name? Bo, Bo Burnham. Um, yeah, so the, Bo Burnham like commissioned Anna Meredith to do that score, yeah. and he said Anna Meredith sounds like <laughs> what if Trent Reznor was five years old? Have <laughs> 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 you, Wayne? Have you seen that movie? I have not seen. Oh that. my god, dude, it's great. Eighth it grade, break your fucking grade. heart, dude. Yeah, Eighth it will grade. break your heart. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Elsie Fisher. Um, that's the girl's name. Yeah, Elsie. Yeah. 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 Um, Truman yeah. Show was on there too. Um, mm-hmm. Back to the Future, Alan Silvestri, which, by the way, Will, how did you not pick Alan Silvestri on any one of the Avengers themes that he did? So, because Castaway and Avengers Endgame sound exactly the fucking same. It's <laughs> insane, dude. And okay, like, now I have to hear that because I, I one of the themes in Castaway and Endgame is the same exact fucking thing. It's crazy. Okay, like, okay, okay. I was literally watching Endgame and I was like, "Wait, that's Castaway!" <laughs> like, <laughs> I picked yeah. that up. Um, <laughs> actually, if I was gonna go any MCU one, I think I would have went Black Panther. Oh yeah, Black wow. Panther yeah. would have been my number one. What is that like? Nor like a Northern European guy's name that did the score? Yeah, but he, he did also Mandalorian too. Um. Oh, what is his name? Uh, Ludwig Goransson. Goransson. Yeah, he's Goranson. good. Yeah. He's real good. That was in consideration. Endgame is great. Like particularly like the end, like with a stark voiceover and like mm-hmm. after the funeral, like all that stuff is mm-hmm. great. So Vestry's awesome. I just thought like, like even Gump, like uh, he's a lot of his movies. I can just, in a way, it's bad that I can tell it's him. If that makes sense, mm. it's like Predator. He did Predator too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The the yeah. kicker to me, Sean, was something you mentioned where filler. Some mm-hmm. of these, some of these I dropped because I was like, I can't listen too to much the, filler. Too I much know. filler. The fountain was one of them. Really? Yes. Because oh, they, that whole soundtrack is amazing too. Or the, score, I'm sorry. Yeah. Part of that score I can't, I just don't listen to. I just pass over because it wow. However, there, I mean the ones that hit hit yeah. like uh what was that song right at the end um shit i can't remember what it's called now death is the road to all death is the road to all thank yeah. you yeah. yeah that one is oh my god yeah i was almost about to hit you guys and your listeners probably completely out of left field with koyana skotsky have you seen that it's that non verbal non no. narrative it is ron frick he did samsara and baraka and this movie yeah. and philip glass did this oh my 
god, bro. I'll send you the YouTube of one of the scenes on there, and you'll be like, okay, I see where Sean's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I could do just a whole like Hans Zimmer episode because I had Gladiator, Mad Max Fury Road, Man yeah. of Steel. Yeah. Gladiator's good, but it just has like three mm-hmm. tracks filler. that are good. Filler. Out, you know? Yep, that that's filler track with Lisa Gerard, that Australian female vocalist mm-hmm. uh, who does the voices. Is now she's now good. we are free. Is that it? Yeah, 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 she's good. Yep. Um, honestly, I think I'm looking at Sylvester now. If I'm going Marvel movies, I might have picked the first Captain America movie. First Avenger mm-hmm. is a really yeah. good core. That's a good one. Um, but the drums in the Black Panther are just like. Yeah, it gets a feel of like I like Black Panther yeah. because it's uh, it's funny. We already did that. We did that. On yeah, we did so that on our last Black Panther too. Oh, really? The second it's we so did iconic, both those one. You bumped me. You bumped me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I really like the Avengers ones, though. I just thought it was a little too similar, and. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to those two now. And they also take, you kind of have to group them too because they play off the original Avengers theme a lot in the next Mm -hmm. two. Yeah. 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 Like every, yeah. So, which is a great. Yeah. The, uh, honestly, I wrote down a list of like 40 movies to start this and like every single movie you guys mentioned was on here. So I love it. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, I think there's some really great underrated themes out there too. Like we didn't even talk about like stupid ones like Terminator. Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some like easy ones like uh, Jaws. We never yeah. even yeah. Jaws is great. Um, you know what's on my list was just Sylvester too, which I knew, but I didn't really dig into it too much. And I don't love the movie. I like it. Is Flight? It's got a really really mm-hmm. good score. Um, yeah, Zemeckis and Sylvester work together yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. that he did uh, he did Forrest Gump too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The suite for Forrest. Back Gump to the Future. Amazing. Back to the yep. Future is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, there's like underground stuff like Virgin Suicides. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, Aired, that was on my list. Oh, really? Soundtrack. Yeah, that was on yeah. my list. They went yeah. into it saying, I want to make an album. I don't want to make a soundtrack. And they, Yeah, like, it's so good. It's so good. That was just a good one. Yeah. 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 But honestly, Wayne, if you haven't seen 8th Grade, dude, check it out. It's yeah, a great, great movie, movie, great score. There's... I. Uh, it's another movie that's very similar to that movie, just older. It's called The Edge of mm-hmm. Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I saw like, that. One. Very what's, in, uh, what's that? What's in, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson was in, yeah, Harrelson was in Stein, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, Haley, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's yep. fucking unbelievable. She is a top five best looking woman on the planet now these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah. She mm-hmm. is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to go the route of like. Like you said, like every John Williams or every like yeah, I want to go like Star Wars and I avoided Star Wars purposely. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I'm happy with the ones I picked at the end of the day. Like the ones I oh, you know what I left off was Joker, uh, the new Joker movie. Yeah, fucking scene where he dances in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Holy fuck, that score. That lady, she's Northern European too. Hilder, some what's her name? Will. Yeah, something like that. She did the up. score. If you haven't seen Chernobyl, I have. Yeah, fuck. She did the score for that too. It's really That's good. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Joker, Joker uh, was 
probably number six for me. That's the one. So Wayne, I had a couple alt movies lined up and I had Moonlight lined up Mm -hmm. as my alt pick in case you picked one of my movies, which you did. You picked Tron. I did. I wish. Yeah. I would have just put Moonlight as another (laughs) subject. Nicholas (laughs) Brittell, he did the the score for Succession too. That was going to be like my six pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Succession just should get a mention. We should just mention Succession. Or something. So good, best theme of all time. Honestly. Best theme of all time. <laughs> um, all right, let's do this. I'm I'm surprised. One more pick. I'm surprised uh, you didn't pick Drive, like Cliff Martinez. I saw that. It's okay. A lot. I it's more I of a soundtrack for me. I saw that mm-hmm. a lot. I couldn't remember, and I fucking love that movie. But I couldn't. Mm-hmm. It's one mm-hmm. of those where if I couldn't picture or hear it. Yeah, and I would it's like it it's one of those where it's split between other artists that do like a soundtrack. Like, yeah, it's more of most, a soundtrack for me. Yeah, exactly. Like the most like iconic song from that is not even his. It's mm-hmm. from another Kavinsky. Person. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, all right. So this was a hard, hard decision to make for all three of us to come down, whittle down hundreds of movies, hundreds of scores to five. So let us know what your five top movie scores are. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitters, Instagrams, Twitters, Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams, all this. I know the Facebooks and Twitters. I know all of them. All of them. All of them. Get on them computers. Get on the internets. Let us know what you think. Um, Sean, thank you again for hopping on. We loved having your movie knowledge as well as your music knowledge on this episode. Will, do you have any parting words? Nah. Uh, thanks, Sean, for coming on as always. Uh, good talking movies with you both as always. And uh, that's what I got. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.